we're back at you. This life ain't for everybody. Just as promised, John Kerry back in studio part two. Hopefully y'all really enjoyed the first discussion with Mr. John. His fight career, his upbringing, his beliefs, his construction company, his fallout with the recession, how to fight back, selling everything that he owns, raising a family through all of it, never giving up, having that fighter's mentality, what Dana White would call a puncher's chance. Today's episode of The Foul Life, I mean, excuse me, today's episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody, so many podcast titles, This Life Ain't For Everybody. Today's episode is brought to you again by one and only Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. We, uh, I don't know if it's something about Jack Daniels. I just love the taste of it. Real whiskey drinkers, real men, real women drink Jack Daniels when they choose liquor. Tequila's weird. I know, but it's weird. It just doesn't taste good. It's weird. Vodka, uh, gin's really weird. That's like poison. But, but you loved that old fashioned I made you the other night. No, that was the worst. You're the worst bartender of all time. I actually, I was on, I was on, I was on fire. I was, I was doing really, really well. But by the time you got there, because you were so late, Chad, I was, I was three sheets to the wind. So my bartending <laughs> skills at that point, Dude, that gone. Was the, you're, you shouldn't even have a bar in your house, bro. That was bad. <laughs> but I was glad to see Jack Daniels there. That was one of the last nights I drank. I'm doing a, a dry march, you know. After duck season, back in the gym, trying to get healthy, trying to eat right. Like, this is a green drink that Tom Sabini taught me. You know, Tom Sabini works for Scott Christie. Tom taught me this drink with kale and uh, celery and asparagus and broccoli, tiny, tiny bit of apple juice, uh, blueberries, a half a banana. Um, and you just blend it all up. I think I got all the ingredients and then eat your greens with a drink like that. I do. I do a similar one, but I add avocado and peanut butter. Ooh, a little peanut butter. What kind of peanut butter? Like high-end peanut butter? Is there a such thing? Or can yeah, you get a, a natural peanut, peanut butter? butter. You just get a natural peanut butter. Trader Joe's? Mm. You no, get it in a regular just, supermarket? Yeah, just about any supermarket. A natural peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Natural peanut butter. Hold on. I'm making a note of that. Okay. Hold on a second. Like, do you know a brand? Uh, even one of the main brands does it. I think even Skippy makes one. What does that mean? Natural. No sugar or what? Yeah, it's just natural. Yeah, it's just natural. It doesn't have any preservatives or anything in it. Really? They make that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Got it. I don't think that Jiffy makes it. Natural peanut butter and avocado blended up, huh? Why avocado? Is it the taste? I know it's no, good fats. No, no. Avocado is is one of the only whole foods. It's it's a whole food. You could live on just avocados. There's enough nutrients and enough fats in avocado to live off of. Avocado is one of the best things for you. you I should, love avocado. Yeah. Throw it in there. Trust me, it'll, it'll thicken it up. And it'll also, the peanut butter will add a nice little taste to it. Trust now me. Now I'm taking good. a note on this too. I send myself emails. Avocado added to green drink. I really just type that. Do you ever do that during the day? I have to. When you're when you're busy, you have to take notes or you get it'll just skip your mind, you know. That's how songwriters work. They come up with a line or an idea, they just get in their phone and write it down. 
Today's episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Rigid Industries. Own the night. They light up our world. I'm talking whether we're driving a back road of America, a dirt road of America, a highway, a freeway, a byway. We're depending on the LED performance of Rigid Industries, American-made. I'm talking there's no other brightness. There's nothing better for your UTV, ATV, your boat, your truck, your car. We have them on all four sides of our decoy trailers when we're out duck hunting, goose hunting, setting up in a dry field. I hate looking for something in the dark. I have to have a good headlamp, a good flashlight. I want to see the road bright. When I'm traveling across North Dakota, Montana, there's a ton of deer that run across the highways, John Kerry, and I don't want to hit one. So one, I have a protective bumper by Bodyguard Bumpers, but inside that bumper... I light it up with Rigid Industries. Are you a fan of lighting or do you like being in the dark? <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of lighting. You do? Yeah, absolutely. You don't try to do anything in the dark? <laughs> no. No, even the important stuff. <laughs> even the important stuff. You're in the light. Yeah, I'm in it's the light. better in the light. Yes, it That's is. That's a new tagline for Rigid. Everything's better in the light. Yeah. Better in the light. Thank you, Rigid, for believing in this. So we are talking about just the mindset, mentality. I want to continue on that of what it takes um, to get that, is it something that you're born with? Can it be learned through enough discipline, coaching, parenting, um, different methods, or where do you think you're born with this mentality? Um, I don't know if you're born with it, but I do know, I think there is a certain amount that you're born with. And then I think there's a certain amount that gets bred into you when you're at a really young age. But I know that if you don't have it by a certain age, you're just never going to have it. My coach used to say that, um, you know, there's some people when the when the firefight begins, some people just squint their eyes and they lean into it. And some people turn their head away and turn the other way. And he said, I can teach you how to fight. I can teach you how to do all these different things, but I can't teach you that. You're going to do whatever. You're going to either lean into it and, and lean into the fight, or you're going to turn your head away and you're going to glance away. And that can't be taught. I've just learned over the years that some people are just that way. Some people lean into the fight. Some people turn away from the fight. And um, I've just always had that mindset. No that matter what the fight is? It doesn't matter what the fight is. It, Do you have an emergency mindset that you can see somebody in peril and run up to them and get them out of a burning car? Or if somebody is really hurt and they're bleeding. Do you have that mindset of like a EMT that can take that and, and it, you know, administer help right away? Absolutely. Yeah. I you don't do. panic. I'm not a panicker. So, but nothing, but not that you're a panicker, but like you beat people up or got beat up in the past. You get your nose busted. You see blood all over. You're used to blood. I'm used to blood and hunting, but there's something about seeing a human being hurt that makes it that I want to help them. Yeah. That I want to run in and help them where I don't know if that's the same mentality you're talking about of the fight. Is that included in that? Um, or is that different, you think? I don't know. I, I think it's similar. I think it's very similar. I think, you know, we uh, there's just the kind of people that want to run away from pain. And we talked about this in a little bit in our last podcast about how pain in my life has been about embracing the pain, embracing the struggle. And I think that some people want to avoid that. So when they see blood or when they see something that they don't like or something that makes them uncomfortable, they run away from it. And I'm just not that way. Sometimes I'll even see things that make me uncomfortable and I purposely lean into it. Like I'm terrified of heights. Like I will just tell you straight up, I'm terrified of snakes and heights. Those are the two things that get me. And, but I can tell you that I've, I've caught snakes in, in survival training. We had to catch them. And, um, 
So I, that's huge. Overcome your fear. And I've repelled down cliffs. I've done Aussie style repelling where you're face down shooting a firearm while you're repelling. And, you know, I, I, I worked when one of my jobs, I had to paint a skyscraper building off a of swing staging. So I'm 18 stories in the air on a piece of swing staging, terrified, sweating, but just you know what? Got to pay the bills. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And even though I'm afraid, fear is not going to stop me from doing what I need to do. So when you have that type of mentality, do you also, does it also come with loving adrenaline? Like, do you like, do you like the ride too? Do you like, if you're not afraid to fight, do you like that adrenaline rush or do you have to have a reason to fight? No, I I certainly have to have a I'm reason. I'm not just talking about beating somebody up or fighting that way. I'm talking about Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I I, I am not an adrenaline junkie at all. Not okay, at all. so where I'm going with this is that in the last podcast you I'm reading a note that you had made a pod you'd made a comment about how somebody that was silver spoon fed, I don't know if you remember this, somebody that's been given everything, somebody that didn't have to work for what they have, inheritance, trust fund baby, something like that, right? Not that some of them, you know, a lot of them aren't, I don't know them all, but there are some that are out there that just have that mentality that the world's supposed to be given to me. They create their own drama. They create their own problems because they don't have, they have enough time to do it because they aren't busy enough in the day or they're not building something or they're not working at something. So they got to create their own drama. Is that what you meant by that? Well, yeah, we, we used to do something in martial arts called equalizing the pressure. And so if there was a certain amount of pressure against you, you had to either equalize that pressure to survive or you had to overcome that pressure to thrive. So it, just to survive, you have to equalize the pressure that's around you. You have to find some way to keep the equal amount of pressure. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to implode. You're going to break. You're going to come apart. And to thrive, you have to actually overcome that pressure. You have to meet it with a greater force. And so I, I think what, what, what people don't, don't do is they feel that pressure and they go away from it because they don't want to feel that pain. They don't want to feel it. You know? But what we learn how to do is we learn how to equalize that pressure. If you push on me that hard, I'm going to push on you that hard back. I'm going to equalize the pressure that's around me. And we're, we're creatures that are built for pressure. We are. Um, you know, that's how we make diamonds, right? Coal turns into diamonds through pressure. And when you look at how kids are brought up through sports programs, when we put pressure on them, positive pressure, they, they turn into something great. If we don't put any pressure on them, they don't turn anything great. And that's what I'm saying. People that don't have those positive pressures on their life, they feel like something in their life is missing. So they'll go and create their own drama because they want the pressure. They want that pressure. Like, I think it's like a kid that doesn't have discipline in their life. Kids need discipline. And parents that are afraid to discipline their children are, are not good parents. You have to be able to discipline. You have to keep that steady, strong hand of discipline because ultimately kids need it. Kids want it. They love it and they respect it. And they'll, I think we're no different when we're adults and we grow up, we still need that pressure. We still need that positive pressure in our life. And if it's not there, we'll do crazy things to create it. You know, what's funny about this is that I, I see a therapist, like I'm not afraid to admit it. I think therapy is awesome. Counseling is awesome. I think that, um, when you're comfortable with it and you figure out what the benefits are of it and what you're really trying to, um, succeed with or how you're trying to succeed and what you're trying to accomplish out of it. I love it. I don't know if you've ever done it. I don't know if you've ever had marriage counseling. I don't know if you and Sherry have ever done couples therapy. I don't know if you've ever done a therapeutic retreat or a couples retreat or anything, <clears throat> but I found in my life that 
and I, this is what I've learned with my therapist. This is going to, this is, I want your opinion on this because you've seen like one of the most unsuccessful things that I do in life is dating. Okay. I failed at a marriage. Then I had a girl, one girlfriend in the last eight years and I failed with that twice. And then I just got done dating another girl that I really liked, but failed with that. So I sit there and I go, what are, what are the problems? Like, what are the common denominators of not being able to be successful in a relationship? I'm very good to them. I'm giving. I sacrifice my time. I try to do whatever it takes to make them happy, include them in my life. And the one common denominator that I've broken down with my therapist, and I don't know if you've ever heard anybody admit something like this, but my life all day long is positive pressure. I got to get this deal. I'm so excited for this negotiation. Oh, I'm going to get a phone call today from this company. They might give me an extension. Oh, this article over here is being written. Oh, this press release came out. Oh, we're launching this brand. Oh, Bandit's doing this. Oh, the foul life's getting this. It's always positive pressure. Do negatives come with that? Yeah, but the positives keep me going of like, I know I'm going to turn this around and get good. We might lose a sponsor because of budgets or a new marketing officer was hired. But every day, John, I'm thinking, man, my life is unreal. But then at night, I would get bored because my workday was over. I would get that pressure was gone. I was like, wait a minute, nobody's calling me. The East Coast is sleeping. The Midwest is all done working for the day. I'm sitting out here on the Pacific Coast and I'm still ready to go. I still want, I still got to drive. Even when it was five, six o'clock at night Pacific, I'm like, where's my pressure? Where's my, where's my adrenaline rush? Where's, where's the Chad? Where's that guy that I want to be? So I would like go into this like, where people would question my self-confidence because I would create drama with these girls by making remarks or saying something that was so off the cuff. It wasn't degrading. It wasn't rude. It wasn't mean or anything. It was like self-serving and drama dramatic to create drama or like to pick a fight for no reason. Because you think that they're saying something for some reason, but you're like, oh my God, I'm bored. Like this isn't, I'm, I'm just going to start some shit because like this, pre- <laughs> I, this pressure's gone. Have you ever heard anybody admit that, that that's what I would literally do. Like I would find a reason to get something going because everything was, that part of my life was so easy. It was just like, well, this is kind of, it's too easy, easy too subtle to, yeah. To, yeah. So I would be like, for, exa- for exa- example, when I broke up with this last girl, when she broke up with me, she's like. What, I, I checked her because we were, I was on this phone call with her and I'm like, did I think you said what you, th- I think, did you say what I think you said? Like, did you like try to make fun of me in front of my friend? Cause I had her on this FaceTime call with a friend and she made a remark that I totally took wrong. Didn't even warrant a response. It was nothing. But I'm, I text back because we got this power of texting that's so easy to send a dumbass message and you don't pump the brakes or think about them or read them before you send them, which is a good idea too. But I, I said it and it, she's just like, I don't get you. I don't get you. You have all the things going in the world for you, but you have no confidence. You think that I'm going to say that about you? You're nuts. That's just a crazy thought. And my therapist and me are breaking it down. She's like, you're just looking for a fight. You're just looking for something to boost you, something to get you going because everything is set for you. Like you've worked hard and it's fallen in place and you need to create this drama because you think, I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but that's the realization that I'm coming to that everything that the reasons that I lost, that I lost this girl are because I would say self-serving dumb shit to create drama when it wasn't even the case. It wasn't even like, what are you doing? I'm jealous. Are you talking to another? It had nothing to do with that at all. 
Just uh, dumb little shit. I don't know if you've ever heard that or not. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another thing that we, we used to learn in martial arts. Um, one was equalizing the pressure. And then the other thing that we used to learn was, was um, compartmentalizing our life and learning how to have a certain amount of pressure in one part of your life but then being able to transition into another part of your life where the pressures are completely different without having weird side effects. So we used to do this thing called the car wash. And this may sound really silly, but my coach, my trainer used to tell me, okay, um, before we were done, he's like, when, when you walk into your house, I want you to imagine you, you step, you stop at your doorway before you go into your house. And now you're going to imagine going through a car wash. And you're going to breathe and you're just going to allow everything to wash off of you. Because when you go into the house, you don't want to carry the pressures of, of the training. You don't want to carry the pressures of your job. You don't want to carry all the pressures of your life. All these other crazy things you got going on. You don't want to walk into your house with all that air because it's going to affect your wife. It's going to affect your kids. So you just take 30 seconds to meditate as you're walking in your house. And you just imagine being washed from head to toe, all the icky things of the day coming off of you, all the pressures, the strains, the different, and you're taking down that pressure. And in my mind, that's that's what it is like i'm running at 2000 psi all day just pumped to the gills ready to go just ready for war but when i go home i need to deflate that a little bit i need to come down i need to i need to bring it down because if i if i walk in the house and my son didn't do his homework and i hit him with 2000 psi of <laughs> of ass whooping he's what kind of response do you think i'm going to get from my kid that's terrible right you can't you can't treat your kids like that so um, it's learning how to compartmentalize certain parts of your life. And so knowing when I'm in this part of my life, I'm going to keep this amount of pressure. When I'm in this part of my life, I'm going to keep a different amount of pressure and learning how to adjust to those different environments. And, and, um, and that's what you have to do with clients as well. You know, when I'm in the field talking to the guys and I'm busting their ass to get going and build this house and get it done quick and do this stuff the right way, you know, I got to be in one, one, one mode. And then when I, 15 minutes later, I could be meeting with the homeowner and I got to be in a completely different mode, completely different amount of pressure. And so it's just learning how to be in those different places. And we called it the car wash. You know, you just have to take a minute to meditate and make a decision of what you want the pressure to be and what you want that situation to look like. And you create it. And and but what I've learned and, and I think what we were talking about is these pressures, these positive pressures and kind of interesting if you haven't heard of this before you might want to do a little research on it it's kind of a fun thing um about 14 years ago they discovered something in humans that they'd never discovered before and um they discovered these longevity genes called sirtuins uh, sirtuins i i don't know i'm not sure that i'm even saying that right but it's s-i-r-t-u-i-n-s and um there are these longevity genes and if these genes get expressed in your in your body then you will live like up to 20 percent longer and do you want to know what causes these genes to be expressed? Pressure and stress. You know, pressure. Stressors, pressure on your life. So like, you want them. So you, you want them. Yeah. And, and so they, one of the things that gets these pressures is the new thing that everybody's talking about right now is fasting, intermittent fasting. Yep. I, I started intermittent fasting as well. And everybody who's listening to this podcast, if you're not intermittent fasting, you should start looking into it. It is, it is life changing and it is, it releases these longevity genes and, um, increasing your life by up to 20%. And that's done through what? Through pressure. It's not comfortable to fast, right? It's something you got to learn. Well, to put it depends. Are you talking, I'm 16 hours minimum with two 24 hours a month. Yep. That's the same exact thing I'm doing. So you're so, doing like eight to noon. Yep. Eight. No, eight to midnight. No, I mean, excuse me, noon to eight. 
Noon to eight. Noon to eight is when I eat. That's the only time I'm allowed to eat. Oh yeah, and then eight to noon you don't eat. That's your that's your fast. Yes, yes, that's yeah. That's all you can eat. You can't have a calorie between eight and noon. That's correct. I mean, yeah, eight and noon the next day. Eight p.m. at night. And then I do two days a week, a month of twenty four hour fasting. Yes, which is a ass kicker. Yep, and those release the the sirtuins, the these sirtuins. But I thought pressure and stress was bad for the heart. Um, Well, there's 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 positive and negative pressures. And, you, and it's how you respond to the pressure that creates that. And this gets into some deeper philosophy stuff of, you know, there is no positive, there is no negative, there is no right, there is no wrong. You know, that, that we could talk about all that stuff all day long. Um, you know, there is no positive, there is no negative, only what is and what you make it, right, is something that you see as negative, I could see as a positive, you know, and it's, it's not the thing itself, it's what you do with it, right? Um, so you could look at my my life and my career. And you could see me getting, leaving Q and D and that company that I was with making great money, kicking ass, doing these big giant projects. I mean, I built a, I built these estate homes for them. The biggest one we ever built was $81 million. I mean, if you could imagine an estate home worth $81 million, that's what the projects I was working on and very well paid. And I lost, I lost my job with them. And you could look at that as a negative thing. But that's what launched my career in what I do now in building my own company and my own brand. And I make, I make 10 times what I, what I made there um, and continually making more. And I would have never been here if that negative thing wouldn't have happened. So that thing by itself is not negative. It just is what it is. You know, getting fired or losing a job, it may appear as a negative thing, but it's only what you make it. So how we respond to it is what becomes positive or negative. And so pressure in your life is kind of the same way. You just have to learn how to create these positive pressures that keep you moving in the right direction. And the result is amazing. And if, if, you know, whoever's listening to this podcast out there, if you, if you are not creating enough positive pressures in your life, then you're going to feel the negative pressures a lot. But why was I, why would I try to, if I know somebody cares about me, why would I try to create that negative pressure with them? I, well, I, well, I wouldn't say it's, it's it's negative pressure, but you want to have pressure. Like, for instance, okay, a, a marriage that everybody does the same thing. Like, I've been married to my wife now for 27 years, and we got married six months out of high school. And our our relationship, man, we're more in love now than we've ever been. And we've gone through ups and we've gone through downs. We've gone through different things, you know. But in in a large part, um, our, our marriage has been beautiful and. 26 out of the 27 years, we've been 100% in love, you know, and just had a great time. But we keep pressure on each other. We don't let each other get away with stuff. And I've always told you, Chad, that by the you're, you're going to have to find a special girl that can put up with you and your lifestyle and the things, the pressure that you have in your life, because your life runs at a high pressure. And to find somebody that can live in that and adjust to that and be part of that, that's going to take that's going to take a little bit of work. You know, you're, you're not just going to find the average girl that's going to that's going to be able to adapt to your lifestyle. That you know, that's going to it's going to take some finesse getting that done and and finding a girl that can adapt to that. So, so where would you look? <laughs> where would you? <laughs> where might this place be where you would look? I, man, I think you might have to look to that country music song. You know, I love this bar. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know? Little Toby Keith. Yeah. Um. I. You know. I. You, I, I think first, I think the universe brings you the things you're ready for. And I think the universe brings you the things that you ask for. And so when you're truly in your heart ready for someone and you want someone at that level and you, and you can handle it and you're at the place where um, you can do right by it, I think it'll come to you.
where might this be? <laughs> I don't know, Jack. We, 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 maybe you got a little work to do to create that space for that person. Where do you, what kind of work would this be? Working on yourself. I do work on myself. Yeah, no, that's daily. But, but working, creating a space for that person. Is your life so busy, so strong, and so going one direction so fast? Are you creating space where somebody could actually step in and walk in? So again, you know, you're asking somebody to step into your life and all this craziness and, and really adjust to it that quickly. You have to create a space where they can walk in and gradually climatize to your life. Have you created a space for someone like that? No. And, and that's where the failure comes is that you want to, but you pressure them into fitting into this space that hasn't been created fairly for them. But you think it's perfect because it's good for you. I'm talking about me. I don't know why I'm talking to the person like that, but you, you just are, you assume like, oh shit, anybody would dig this. And then you're like, no, they wouldn't. Yeah. No, some people do like to sit on a couch and just chill out for an hour at a time. I don't do that. So when I don't have that space to do stuff like that, or I'm always in large groups and you're not, you know, you're not carving out time for the two of you, which is another downfall of mine because I'm always around a bunch of people. Yeah. I need to be better. I need to get a dating coach. Yeah. <laughs> Remember you know, Hitch? Remember Hitch or yeah. whatever that movie's called? I need a dating coach. Well, you know, there's, there's a woman out there for you, but out where though, like way know. out there, like it silver could, Springs. Could. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> like, <laughs> well, we want her to have all her teeth. So let's, let's, yeah. let's bring it in a little closer. That's a, that's a plus, but it's not a, it's not a, you know, a needed deal. Uh, I, I, I think about this often because the, the proof is in the pudding, the track records there. And a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it just wasn't right. The timing was off or she wasn't the one for me or he wasn't the one for me. But what if there was moves taken? What if there was such thing as fighting for something? Mm -hmm. Like we talk about fighting, the pressure. Well, a relationship, if you like somebody, there is a such thing as fighting for it. it nothing is going to come 100% easy and natural, Right. So that whole mindset of relationships should be easy and stress-free, no, I don't know about that. No, no, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. That, that's ridiculous at every level. Look, you can either live a life by accident or you can live a life by design. And you can either create the life that you want and build the life that you want and purposefully and intentionally make it happen. Or you can just kind of, oh, it's going to come to me or... It's going to, life's going to be whatever it is or, you know, and, and I don't have that kind of happy-go-lucky type spirit where I'm just like, oh yeah, whatever will be, will be, you know, and I'll just kind of take it a day at a time. That and free spirit kind of, I, I, I don't I, know I, how you could. I, I don't, I, I, I'm not that way and I'm going to design it, I'm going to build it, I'm going to create it and I'm going to give my, I'm going to, I'm going to create space for it and like when I was raising my children, you know, I want them to be great and so I create the space for them to become great. I can't make them be great, but I can give them the space to be great. And I have two kids that are outstanding kids. You know, well, one. <laughs> just kidding, Dominic. Um, two two kids that are just outstanding kids, and um, it's not because I forced them to be great, but I gave them the space to be great, and I gave them the space to fall down a little bit, and I gave them the space to learn. You know, and, and you create the space for the things that you want, and. So for my wife, um, you know, there's certain things I want out of a wife, you know, but you don't go to your wife and say, hey, look, if you get fat, I'm going to divorce you. Well, even though I did kind of tell my wife that when we got married. Did you really? I, I swear I had I one. think that she would kill you. Uh, no, no. When we, when we started, we, we were, you know, 18 so years old. So is that chauvinistic 
Or is that putting no, pressures on them of what your expectations no, are? No, no, no. So here's the thing. Like it, it, when we got married at 18 years old, I said, uh, you know, I, here's the deal. Like I'm, I, I do not, I, I do not deal with fat women very well. Like for me personally, like in my life, that's not what I want as a wife. Are you allowed to be fat in this time frame? No, no, that's just not in my genes. It's not who I am. But I'm there not, are people like that. Yeah. Like, it's okay for me to have a gut, but my girl or my guy better be shredded. Yeah. And so for me, it was just, I had to be honest with her. Like I don't, and I'm not talking about, Oh, I, I have a little baby weight. I'm not talking about, I got a little chubby, you know, I'm talking about someone who just decides 600 hey, look, pound life. I'm just going to be big and fat and that's how I'm going to live. And, and that's fine. There's if no that's excuse how, for that. If that's how somebody wants to live, that's fine for them, but it's just not what I want to have in my life. So I told her, Hey, this is my one requirement. Um, I don't want you to, to, to ever decide that that's how you're going to live. Because if you decide you're going to live that way, you're going to have to do it without me. And she said, okay. And she said, I got one requirement for you. And I'm like, okay, what's that? And she's like, no street bike. You're going to have to give up street bikes. Cause I'm not going to get a phone call that you're not coming home. So smart. So I gave Those up things are suicide machines. So I gave up street bikes and she has to keep herself you know, reasonably in shape. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's me knowing what I want and having the strength to create it in my life. And I don't, and I don't tell her, Oh, you're getting fat or you don't look good in those jeans. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a jerk. I'm not, you know what I mean? You don't say those things to the person you love, but you give them the space they need to be successful. You know, if you're asking someone to be fit, then you have to give them the space to have a fit lifestyle. Like you said, am I a big fat slob who expects my wife to be tight and, and in shape? Well, that's ridiculous. No, I have a disciplined lifestyle. I have a disciplined diet. I go, you know, I train and I create that space for my wife to do the same thing. And she, so we do it alongside of each other as partners. And we, John, did we, you have a treadmill in the delivery room? <laughs> <laughs> did you make Sherry get right no, up on the no, treadmill? No, but I do have one at work. <laughs> I do have one at work in the storage closet, right behind uh, Sherry's office. And if things get stressful, wow, and, I'm too, she hears this. She is going to kill you. <laughs> she is, I know that she can fight better than you. No, but why do you think, I mean, the ex, I, I like the pressures. I like the expectations. But going back to what I asked you about, if you, I like this girl, really, truly did. Well, I, but let's let's clarify something before we go forward. Expectations and pressure are two different things. So I I have zero expectations, but I have all the pressures because here's what I have zero expectations, but a hundred percent faith. Does that make sense to you? Like I don't have expectations of my wife, but I have a hundred percent faith that if I give her the right environment, she's going to do the right thing. She'll thrive. She'll thrive. So I, but I don't put expectations on her. I, I, I just don't like, I, I let her be who she needs to be. And I let her express herself in the way she needs to and grow the way she needs to. I just make sure that I do my part. And I love the result of that. I can't get in there and micromanage every area of her life and say, oh, these are my expectations. These are, this is what I want. You know, that's not fair. So I have zero expectations, but hundred percent faith. Makes sense. But you also just told me that she's not allowed to gain weight. That's the one thing. That's an expectation. That's the one thing, Chad. That's that's the one thing. So then tell me, like, I, I don't know if I had too many expectations. I don't think I did. I don't think I tried to change anybody. I don't, I don't know. I could give you examples all the time of like... Yeah, I, no, I think really, Chad, what it comes, what it boils down to is that your life, if just from an outside perspective here and um, 
your life is busy. Your life is full. Your life is crazy at times. And you have all these pressures and these things going on in your life. And I even look at the way you live in your own personal home. Your own personal home is even inv invaded by your work. You know, like you don't have a set aside space where, you know, everything's like slowed down and different. Your work is in everything you do. I don't, I don't think there's five minutes of your day where you're not like absorbed with your life and what, what's going on. And so my point is, is that for someone to come in and fit into that is a very difficult thing. Like you're, you're going to have to create some sort of space where someone can make that transition into your life. And, um, it's intimidating. You know, it's you intimidating. Just call me a hoarder in so many ways. No, no, I'm just saying it's intimidating when somebody walks into your life and there's camera crews in your kitchen, you know, and there's and there's celebrities walking through your living room and there's, you know, and everybody you meet and you're talking to celebrities and all these great people and these, you know, it, it, that's just part of your life. And that's that can be very intimidating for somebody. So, you know, you got to learn how to kind of introduce people into that in, in, in doses and so make takes, sure that. So maybe one of my deals is that I put them in it too fast. It is. And well, you got to have space to get to know them outside of that pressure. You got to have environments, create, create environments that don't have that same pressure. So go on little mini vacations, weekends away, little things that you do where that pressure's not there. Well, it's just a normal weekend. We're not going to go see famous people. We're not going to go to baseball games and get to meet everybody in the dugout and go do anything crazy. We're going to go do something that normal people do. We're going to have a normal weekend without pressures, without any of the extra stuff. It's just going to be normal and allow yourselves to have some of that normal space. So you're saying we can't go and ride Shamu and do all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just just take some of that pressure off and just have a I normal I think that's what weekend. I need to get better at is because I, I see myself rushing in and not pumping the brakes or pushing the brakes enough and mm -hmm. just thinking like, oh, this is glorious. Like, this, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a blast. You're going to love this. But that intimidation factor is there and I don't even realize it. Yeah. And, and that's then, a scary and deal. Then, and then what you do inherently, Chad, is... And again, you can tell me to shut up at any point. No, I here. like it. But I like it, getting um, schooled. What, what you do is when you see them not adjusting to your world the way you want them to, you start picking at them. And that's when you start picking fights with them because you're not seeing them respond to your world the way you think they should. Because that's kind of what you do as a boss, right? Like you have this world and you want, you bring employees in and you want them to respond a certain way to the world that they're in. And, otherwise, why am I paying you? Like you better be able to react to the environment that I put you in and you better be able to produce, right? Well, and so that's kind of the mentality we have, right? Like we want to get the best out of our employees. We want to help them grow. We want to help them be great people and do great things. So we put them in this environment and we, we give them all these things. And if they don't respond the way we want them to or the way we think we should, then we make adjustments, you know, and we'll start changing up how we deal with them or maybe get a new employee because they're not going to cut it. Well, it's a little bit different when you're when you're trying to date somebody or when you like somebody. You can't just you can't just expect them to respond a certain way, you know. Like, and I think that's what a lot of times people that are driven like you and me. That's what we do. We expect people certain results out of people, and when we don't see them, we'll start picking at them a little bit. You do the same thing. Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. See, this is this is the exact reason why my relationship just failed. The exact reason, because. I almost, I told my therapist that it's almost like a sense of bullying when I don't want to bully, but you pick at them like you're better. Like, what do you, I look back at it like that was so stupid to even bring up. It was just nitpicking. I, I tell my therapist every day, the reason that I lost this girl was because of nitpicking. Mm -hmm. 
And that girl, uh, you know, accredited that to this confidence deal of like, if you had confidence, you wouldn't nitpick me. I have all the confidence in the world, but it's like that it's exactly what you're saying. When I don't see that response of like, oh man, isn't this the best? Isn't this the, isn't this odd? Like you want them to be like, oh my God, this is unreal. This is, and when you don't get that, you find a reason to freaking pick at them. Well, they might not give a shit who you are. They just like you for what you are and who the person you are. They don't care what you have. Yeah. At the end of the day, you, you know, there's something about being naked in front of the person that you love. And yes, what I, there is. Yes, oh, okay. there is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I mean by that is um, being completely stripped down of everything and being just real and vulnerable with the person that you love. And you have to let go of all of that. You know, like when, yeah, I, I was... I was a fighter and I spent years fighting and got to do all these great things and world championships and all these awesome things. And that was great. And I got to travel the world and, and you know, I've built this great company and, and I'm super excited about all that. But when it's just me and my wife alone at night and we're stripped down of all that, my wife doesn't care that I have a brand new badass Corvette in the driveway or in the garage. She doesn't care that, you know, that we have, you know, she doesn't care about all these things. She doesn't, she cares about me. She cares about who we are as people. And that's, that's where you've got to get to that place where you're, you're stripped down of all the, the pressures and all the extra things that you think make you Chad, you know, um, you know, you're Chad Belding, but you're really you, nobody. You're, you're not the foul life, you know, you're, 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 you're not this, this life ain't for everybody. Yeah. You, you, you do those things. Those are, those are a part of who you are, but that's not who you are at the core. And somebody who's going to fall in love with you needs to fall in love with who you are at the core of who you are. Not, not because of what you do. So you can't win them with what you do and you can't keep them with what you do. You can, you can let them reap the rewards of what you do and you can let them enjoy what you do, but you can't win them with what you do and you can't keep them with what you do. No. Is this a challenge? It, it is because no, if, it, if it you, makes total sense. That's exactly what I like to hear because I never once thought that I did with who I am, won them with who I am, won this girl with who I am. And by no means did I think I was going to keep her. Like I just love conversation. I loved everything with her. But what this, this deal is, is when I didn't get the response or things weren't done my way or the way that I envisioned them or the way that I pictured this or the way that I drew it up in my playbook, I automatically would go negative and start nitpicking. Mm -hmm. And that you're saying that that's a leadership trait or that's a driven trait. That's, that's a little bit of both. That's a, that's a little bit of everything. That's that kind of, you know, when you're, when you're that driven personality and you have plan out your life and you're building a life by design, how much of your life is by accident, Judd? You pretty much plan a All lot. Of it, yeah. yeah. You, you, you know, you, we make a lot of, chance encounters that are called maybe chance encounters or, or lucky deals that, you know, you know, as well as I do the old saying, there's no such thing as luck. You create your own luck right. and you do the right things to create the environment for luck to happen to you. And so you're like me, your life is planned out and you, you, I'm where I'm at because I built the road to get there. Right. right. And so it's really hard to turn that off in your personal life. You know, because I see what I want in my personal life, and I see what I want out of a girl and and out of my wife, and so it's hard to turn that off and let them be who they are. Sometimes I want to create it for them, but you got to know, you got to back off of that. You can't, 
in in your personal life, you just can't make you can't make your kids be what you want them to be. No, we've seen those dads; they're assholes. Oh yeah, I mean, you've seen them at the little league games, and they think their kid's gonna be the next Mike Trout, you know, and the poor little pitiful things out there snotting on his arm, can't even catch a ball. (laughs) The The worst athletes in the world. Yeah, and the dad screaming and yelling at everybody, living uh, through them vicariously. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous, right? And that's just a, a. an, a, a shining example of what I'm talking about. You know, you can't make somebody be something that they're not. And so there's that, there's that balance, you know, Chad, and you, you, when you find a good girl that you think might be a girl that you could build something with. Let me ask you this again. Where might this take place at? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I thought I had one. I truly did. I truly thought I had one again. And it's like, cause I don't, I don't date. You know me, John, you've known me a long yeah. time. I don't have girlfriends. I really don't. I met my wife in a parking lot. I was going to buy beer at a party. We ran out of beer at a party, and I met her in a parking lot of a mini mart. And my wife would kill me if, for saying this on a podcast, but she was she was smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer, and had a chew in her lip. <laughs> I swear <laughs> on my life. And I, Sherry was yes. And people that know my wife are like, "What? Red no neck. way, redneck." And, and I, so, I, what turns you on to this? <laughs> I'm like, man, that's a girl right there. Wow, really? <laughs> Um, I don't know something about her, so we chatted and um, and uh, we chatted it up for a minute, and then uh, my boys are like, "Hey, let's so go." So she asked you if you want unleaded or regular, and <laughs> yeah. she's getting ready to pump your fuel. <laughs> no, she didn't work there. Oh, she didn't work there. No, no, she, she didn't was, have a Smitty shirt on. No, no, she was sitting in her car, um, having us having a hopefully not in the driver's seat with an open can of beer. Sherry, this is, but see, this is back in the day. <laughs> this was back in the day. Yeah. See, I'm trying. That's what I'm really. That's what I battle with every night now. Of like, what you know, I really am interested in self improvement and becoming a better version of yourself and learning and not making those same mistakes because I don't want to make that mistake. But I think it's because that freaking pressure and wanting to wanting to create it for myself. So I start looking at things like, wait, that's not how I see this happening. I'm the, I'm the boss. I'm going to pick on you because I can. And that's a stupid way to be. Hey, think of it this way, Chad. If you had to look at your life, look at who you are every day, what you've learned over the years. So you're a trained athlete, right? Let's, let's put it in this perspective. Your job is, is, is the sport and you're the trained athlete in that sport, right? If you had to guess how many years would it take you to train somebody a young kid, 18 years old, 20 years old. How long do you think it would take you to train somebody to be you? How long would it take them to learn? How do I know that when they're me? I mean, your level of skill that you're at right now. How long do you think it would take to train somebody to be at your level of skill right now and to carry the pressures of your life? Because your life has a lot of weight and a lot of pressure, just same as mine. I'm carrying this big company on my shoulders. I have lots of employees. There's a lot of pressure that comes. If you would have handed that to me 10 years ago, I would have failed miserably. I would have fallen down the mountain. Things would have come apart. I couldn't do what I do now. So I'm asking you. If you had to train somebody to be you and to carry you the pressures of your life, how long would that take? Week and a half. <laughs> I would say a decade. A decade. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe longer. I don't know. So, if, I don't know if just anybody could do it. So, okay. How do you know you're even training the right person? Yeah. So, so that's the question. So, how do you expect a, 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 a some girl that you love or some woman that you 
like to just step into your life and all of a sudden... See, that's a good way to put it to Understand all Where those were things. you when I was getting broken up with? <laughs> you could have been standing there like a beer commercial. Well... I, I don't know. I may I may not have cared as much for that particular player. I don't oh, know. Oh, really? You didn't like her? <laughs> no, I did. I, I'm not going to say I didn't like her. I did. I did like her. But I just didn't... I just didn't see any reason to invest any time in it personally. I mean, if you'd asked for my help, I probably would have helped you through it, but... I think she's cool. But I don't know. I don't know. You just never know. I guess that's like what dating is for. And I don't date. I just don't date. I, I think that people like think that, you know, like a, a guy like me would be out there just dating, dating, dating. I don't like, I don't go out on dinner dates. I don't, I've never been on a dating site. I've never built a profile. I've never been on the Tinders or the match.coms or any farmers only or whatever they're called. I've never done any of them. Yeah. So like, I'm not like sitting here going, on face i've never had a facebook account i mean we have them for our brands but i don't do anything personal where i'm always like trying to go out and like get a date with somebody or figure out what their profile is or if they're single or what like i just don't i don't know like how it happens or how it's going to come about but you all i often think about it because that's really in my life that's what i'm missing is that that concrete there of somebody like you said getting naked with them and knowing that they are all about you for who you are that's really like, that should be what everybody wants. Yeah. You would think that that's like the ultimate goal in life, right? Yeah. To have that unconditional love from somebody, not just your mom or not just your dad or brother, sisters, whatever. Having that partner. That partner. Yeah. And I think if you've ever met great people, Chad, their partners are equally great people. Like if you've ever met like really dynamic leaders or really dynamic people, if they're happy, their partners are the same way. They're great people. Yeah, they, like they're Rick, not the Rick same. Rick and his wife. Yeah, they're not the same people, but they're both equally great people in their own respects and in their own ways. You know, like it, it could even be a stay-at-home mom and a, and a guy who's really successful and a stay-at-home mom, but she's an incredible person. She's she's able to balance him out and be able to deal with the pressures of his life and and being able to balance the kids and do everything that she does, you know? And, and I, if you're a great person you're going to require a great lady. I mean, that's just how it is. Your partner has to be equal to you in so many ways. And, um, that, so you're you, saying that a guy, for you, you're, you're, what I'm trying to say to you is that you're not the normal population. You've obviously shown through your life and what you've created and what you've done that you're, that you're in, you're a different type of person. So have you ever seen shameless? I have seen Shameless. The movie? The, the show? The show, but only a couple episodes. So you're saying that a guy like me with what you're ex explaining my life can't find my Fiona? Just a total train wreck? Huh? Oh, not if you want it to last. Really? You got to find somebody that's on your level? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. Absolutely. That can handle your, that can carry the same pressures as you. Look, look you're going on a 25-year backpacking journey with somebody. Right. You're about to put on a, a 120 pound backpack and you're about to hike Yosemite. And then you're going to from there, you're going to go hike the Yucatan and you're going to go hike. You're going to go on this long journey. Do you want to go with somebody who can only carry a five pound pack and is going to bitch and moan the whole way and want her nails did the stop and do all that? You know, and I'm not saying that girls are high maintenance that are a problem. I'm not. That's not what I was saying. But my point is, is that if you're going to go on that journey with somebody, you want somebody that can carry some weight. You want somebody that can make the journey. As long as they don't get overweight, John. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sherry. We're going to continue this. Do you, you, I, I, are we running over? Are you going to be in trouble? You said you had a game. Oh, my son has hockey practice tonight. Um, That's another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. The great John Kerry, we're, we're just talking. We're just 
talking life. We're going to bring him back for part three. Got to get you back in here ASAP, John. Maybe next week, if not the week after. I'm gone for a couple of days turkey hunting. Um, let's discuss part three coming up. Lots of words of wisdom tonight. Pretty good. Pretty Thank smart you. cat for for a, <laughs> for a hammer and nail kind of guy. See, that's the thing about um, assuming, right? It's like you see a guy up on a roof banging nails. This is what you were 10 years ago, but you had all this life knowledge. Now you're a very successful entrepreneur, business, create all these revenue streams. It's not good to judge a book by its cover. I know you, so I know this is about you, but I'm learning things about you every day in these talks of like, man, that's that's very well thought out, sought out freaking knowledge and answers and intelligence, right? So that's what I love about conversation. You can't get that through text. No. You can't get that through a direct message. You can't get that through social media. No, you can't. I'm so tired talk. of these social media oh, posts dude. where these people try and act like they're woke because they put some special quote on their Instagram page. Yeah, it's and unreal. Or they're happy. They, they, they live the happy. Everything's happy. Every, I, I, it just blows me away of the trust level that comes with somebody on a social media page that they think that their people that follow them give a rat's ass that their puppy's sick. And where I'm going with this is I watch these people of like, they have the mentality, well, if you don't like it, then don't follow me. But I'm like, you are posting that your puppy's sick and that you need to take him to the vet. That's There's personal stuff. There's a lot of stuff that you could put on whogivesashit.com. And there's stuff that you should never put out there that is not for your downline to see. And everybody's going to be full for each their own. But so, social media has made taken the authenticity out of our culture in so many ways oh, that I, I look at people and I literally, if I meet somebody in person that I've seen on social media, I will literally start giggling to myself when I see him. I'm just like, that person's a clown. Just because they have the balls or the audacity to put this on, they're like, puppy's sick again. And they show these little videos of them petting them in a blanket. And I'm like, dude, can't you do anything without getting somebody to go, oh, I'm so sorry. What happened to the part of just being a, a man or a woman and, and being able to take care of shit and not have to get an instant gratification like on it? But these people have gone too far. Now, I'm not saying that we don't put a picture up there of a successful hunt or our dogs doing something cool and we're, and we're building a brand. But when you start going on there and you share the intricate details of your life in ways of that you take the authenticity of it, it it's a crack up joke to me. No. No, no. And, and literally it's completely flipped our world. You know, back in the day, you think about in a tribe, right? You had to earn the right to speak in the tribe. Yep. You didn't, you didn't stand up as a 12 year old kid in the tribe you council and, and go, and go tell everybody how it was going to be done. First, you had to kill the wolf. Then you had to kill the bear. Then you had to, you, you had to earn respect. Yeah, hell yeah. You, you had to go through these steps. No more. Now you just and need then, a keyboard. And then once you've earned that right to speak, then then they would listen to you. But now, oh God, you can be the biggest idiot in the planet and you can just post whatever you want and look woke. Yeah, woke. I'm woke. That's a, see that? More words of wisdom by John Kerry. We will be back with part three of the John Kerry saga. This life ain't for everybody. Again, brought to you by Jack Daniels, Tennessee sour mash whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking and our friends and family at rigid industries own the night, light up your world. See the lights y'all. I love rigid. I'm going on a four wheeler ride tomorrow night. It's going to be woke. I'm going to get woke on my UTV <laughs> and my ATV. Tom, Jake, hit that button. This song is called, this song's perfect for what we've been talking about. What you going to do when the money's all gone, Written by Drake White and Leith Lofton. This version is performed by the one and only, a.k.a. Haas, Leith Lofton. Y'all enjoy. Thanks for being here. It all equal, that's what I think. 
I don't believe heaven has a bank Make good use of your time on earth And don't make a dollar bill all this world Cause I'd rather be poor living off in a hole Than rich as hell without